We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. This is the last night for a while. We'll be sitting in for host Chad Jensen, who will return tomorrow night for the Mile High Huddle Podcast. And I know he's anxious to get to speak with all y'all. I'm anxious to talk with y'all tonight and also talk with this guy over here, Zach Kelberman. Zach, how you doing this evening, my friend? I am very much excited, Scott, not only because the Combine is in the rear view and we have tangible news to talk about, but free agency is coming up. There is going to be movement on the Russell Wilson front. I'm just so tired, Scott, as you can probably imagine after potting with me the last couple of weeks of talking about the what ifs with what Russell Wilson, the what ifs with the Broncos quarterback situation. We all want some levity and some finality, and we're going to get that soon enough. So I'm pretty pumped. Okay, well, why don't you uh, why don't you expand on that a little bit? I've been watching again because I know the possibilities of what's happening with Russell Wilson, and I know you know the last talk was okay. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. But what is going to happen? He is going to be cut. And we talked about that in detail, Scott, about how the Broncos can slice that pie, the cap savings and post-June 1st and pre-June 1st. The bottom line, though, is he's going to be released by the Broncos. He is going to become a free agent, and the Broncos will be on the hunt for his uh, replacement. And this is from the latest report from Diana Rossini of The Athletic. She's rock solid. She was mm-hmm. the one when the Russell Wilson stuff was going down at first that was saying he is going to get cut and a uh, divorce is coming. So it's not a matter of if now. It's a matter of when, and that when is imminent yeah i think that was pretty clear but it's nice to know like hey and we knew it was going to have to happen by march 17th and last week when sean payton said something to the effect of uh you know in the next week or so we'll have a decision the decision wasn't whether or not they were going to cut him the decision was how they were going to structure the cut post this post that and were they going to eat more of the salary cap in year one or try and push it back to year two. So all of those things, that was the decision. Russell Wilson was getting cut. The the talk of a trade or making up, that's just two people trying to part terms on at least front-facing amicable terms. Like, listen, we're going to put on a show for our kids. I hate you and you hate me, but we're going to be good in front of the kids. Okay? That's what we're going to agree on. 
that's kind of what's going on in here. David McElrath, we go live every night because we like having the conversation with you and guys like David coming in before we even get started. Um, lots of folks came in before we got started tonight, Zach. <laughs> but <Yeah>. David, <laughs> David was in here nice and early. He says, good evening, Broncos country. Chad, maybe. Zach Dillon and Deacon Scott. Buckham, MX8. Uh, MHH for life. Denver Broncos for life. And he asks, are the Kurt Cousins rumors true? Hashtag quarterback. Now, there's so many rumors. Which ones do you speak of, David? Is there anything specific that you think he might be referring to? Because I know what I know what I would think the Kirk Cousins rumors are. I was going to say you probably have to fill me in, Scott. I haven't heard the last couple of days of any Kirk Cousins rumors. I think any quarterback, though, is going to get connected to the Broncos, and obviously he's the biggest uh, impending free agent. But, David, I don't, the Broncos just simply don't have the money for Kirk Cousins. If they weren't moving on from Russell Wilson and they were more flexible than the financial department, maybe. But I, what do you think? you think he's uh, staying in Minnesota, Scott, or you think he's leaving? I I don't know. The 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 early week fire in Atlanta, because that's the team you have to watch right now, because they're ahead of you and they've got more cap space. Right. So they're sitting there at number eight and they've got 40 plus million dollars in cap space. So they become a team that you have to keep an eye on and they need a quarterback desperately. So the 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 rumors at the beginning of the week were it's Justin Fields. They're gonna trade for Justin Fields and he's coming down. Then by the end of the week. There were some local radio guys and in uh, in Atlanta saying, "No, it's it's Kirk Cousins, and it's not even close. They they like mm -hmm. him a lot more. They're in a win now philosophy with this team that's already been built. That Atlanta and is going to sign Kirk Cousins, and the the numbers getting thrown around were now two two years, seventy million guaranteed. Um, no, I'm sorry, two years, seventy million with fifty guaranteed, which is basically a one year deal of worth." $50 million, basically. If it was something like that, I would extend it to three years and I would give him $110 million and have the same $50 million so I could then possibly, if he's good for two years and great, I don't have a dead cap hit, but I would try and push my cap hit down a little bit more for year one and then maybe go and try and get someone on uh, uh, like Daniil Hunter as well because they could get two big name free agents with, with $40 plus million dollars, uh, at their disposal. So, is it true? We don't know. Um, what we should know is Ryan Poles said if he's going to trade Ju Justin Fields, he'd like to do it before free agency starts. So we're on the clock now, two weeks and counting before free agency starts. Uh, Rip ties in the same boat as you. Yeah. Zach, anyone else ready for some actual news? I hate the offseason. Uh, I, I love the offseason. I really do. One of the things that I love about this is the speculation, the digging, the research, the the scouting. Um, you know, uh, uh, my Twix name is Scout Kennedy. <clears throat> I was director of scouting for Scout.com. But again, I'm because my teams were so bad, I had to become a fan of the process when I was a kid. So I became a fan of the general manager and the whole draft process and recruiting and all that kind of stuff. And I like that probably more than I like rooting for the teams themselves. So um, it, it is different for me. I'm not really a big fan of any one team. I like the process itself. That that's makes guys like us kind of crazy. 
Yeah, I'm with you there. I like the unpredictability of it as opposed to the season where the week is very regimented, Scott. You know how everything is going to go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I like that. It's also good for business with the rumors and the speculation. I just, <laughs> I'm sick though of, and I think Riptide feels the same way a lot of Broncos fans about Russell Wilson and wondering, will he stay? Will he go? It's just the, the pre ripping the bandaid off. A lot of Broncos country wants the bandaid to just come off already. They've been talking about it for like three, four months. And I think Rip Dye, both of us are happy that that's finally going to happen. Yeah. The, the 24 seven news cycle with, you know, if you got to fill space on ESPN, the Ocho, you know, you got to <laughs> find time to, to get that going. So you're going to have some fourth string FCS quarterback talking about what he thinks is going to happen with Russell Wilson after everybody else has been talking about it. And we know what's going to happen with Russell Wilson. We knew it's going to happen with Russell Wilson since Christmas. Yeah. Now it's just a matter of let's get it done. So it's the repetitiveness riptie, I think mm -hmm. is what gets me. It's the, it's the same old, same old, um, and, and not necessarily the different news. I like the NFL combine, uh, it used to be behind closed doors. You used to it used to be like a hidden event. You had to you had to have sources to even get the results out of them. Uh, they've opened it up and said, "Oh wait, we can make a lot of money on this." Yeah. Now it's prime time. <laughs> yeah, we can make a lot of money on this. And Riptide has a follow up question: Would you guys draft Jonathan Brooks coming off his ACL? I don't know where he's projected, but we need running back help. I don't Jack, know. What do you think? I, I think he'll be, I read something about him recently. I think he'll be okay by the time the season rolls around. It's just not ripped eye high on my list of needs. I know the Broncos should grab a running back at some point, but what do you think, Scott Brooks's uh, ceiling would be in the draft? Like third, fourth I, round? I, just, I, I see. I disagree completely. I had to look up who Jonathan Brooks was. I don't, I didn't know off the top of my head. And before I even look it up, my answer in this is no, I don't want to draft a running back. I don't want to use a spot on a running back. This to me is probably is, is one of the most, Filled positions you have. Uh, Javante Williams, a year removed from a, a serious injury, should be pretty close back to 100%. Samaj P. Ryan's still under contract. You got Jaleel McLaughlin. You've got three pretty good running backs compared to the other places in the hole with only six total picks. My answer is sh should we draft running back name? No. My answer is no. I don't want a running back. I'd rather go with a restricted free agent, I mean, with a uh, undrafted free agent type. Then use a draft pick on a running back. I, I, my answer for any of this at the running back position is no. Now, if I've got a mid second round grade on Jonathan Brooks and he's still hanging around in the fifth round, okay, that's a, a, an extreme value. But I would say that about any position, not just the running back. That's a a guy that's high on my board fell two rows below rounds below than where I thought I could get him. I'm taking him. I don't care what position it is at that point. See, I agree they're good on paper, but Javante didn't look like Javante after his injury. And I know it takes more than one year. So this is a big prove-it year for Javante. And Scott, there's a chance that he never returns to his pre-injury form. P. Ryan's cut him this year, though. I'm sorry? Are you gonna cut him this year, though? No. Not You're this year. Give him a chance this year. No, I'm I agree with you. I wouldn't spend money in free agency on a running back. And I maybe I wouldn't use a top, you know, five or six draft pick, but maybe in the undrafted rounds, the same way you found Jaleel McLaughlin. You I mm -hmm. think you just have to always be searching for weapons on offense, someone that can yeah. make explosive plays out of the backfield. You're bringing in guys for competition for sure. Yeah. But you know, um P Ryan's more likely to get cut as a number two, um, making some money. You're gonna give Javante one more year uh, to come back and see what he can do. This is contract year for him. He's already in his fourth year. Um, God, time flies, doesn't it? 
So, uh, no, I wouldn't draft a running back, like I said, unless it was a wild. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Change on my board. I had this guy as a first-round grade. I didn't have a pick in the second round, and he's sitting there in the third? Hmm. Maybe, yeah, maybe then, but it's it, that, and I would say that about any position. Rod TV's coming in as well. I know there's roster holes. I get it. But let's say we filled those holes, but no right quarterback. To me, it starts with the quarterback and build around bad QBs to choose from in 2025. Um, Rod, my my question on this: There's no guarantees in 2024 either. You know, so the, the key is the reverse of what I was just saying about would I take a guy in the third if I had a first-round grade on him? Yes, I don't care what position he plays. It's the opposite when we're looking at quarterbacks now and the options that you might have there. If I've got a mid-second-round grade on a guy, I don't want to take him at 12. And then, okay, well, he's not available in the second because I don't have a second-round pick anymore. So don't reach on a guy. You know, instead of building... Instead of building the roster where you can and getting the best players you possibly can, you risk missing on everything at number 12 if you reach for a quarterback because there's no guarantee that guy's going to work either. The same point I was going to make. Uh, there's no guarantee they're going to be bad in 2025 and no guarantee they're going to be good in 2024. You have to swing if you have enough conviction on who you think your guy is and you have to swing until you find the guy. And Rod, you're right. The Broncos have holes throughout. It's not just quarterback, but it starts with quarterback, and that's why I'm heavily in favor, Scott, of the Broncos using that first overall picker, first-round pick on a, on a queue. 
Yeah, and Doug says, is there a chance we don't even take a quarterback until the second round? Well, that's the scary thing, Doug. You don't have a second round pick. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it may force you to reach for a guy at 12. You know, and again, if I've got a second round grade on somebody, you know, and I really, really need a quarterback, I've got to trade down. Even if I don't quite get the value, I've, I've got to trade down. I've got to go to, you know, I may, I may not get back exactly what I wanted, but I think it's better to, to move back a little bit than it is to, uh, you know, to reach 30 spots off of your board in a spot. That's a, that's a back when, you know, everybody's saying trading back, trading back, trading back. Yeah. Yeah. Easier said than done. It's not, that's one of the things why we don't usually do trades in these mock drafts. It's so easy to trade down. Yeah. It's like, Oh, here's, you can move down two spots and pick up a, 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 a second round pick and uh day three next year. And it's the fourth round, you know, I'm like, no, that's, it's not realistic. So it's, you've got to find somebody that wants to come up in order to do it. And it hasn't always been like that. The last couple of drafts, um, you know, I've been, I've been watching, I've been watching, you know, sitting there at number eight, the past couple of years, the trade down options just aren't there. So yes, it'd be great. Trade back to 18. Get an offensive tackle because you just made $16 million and got a fourth round pick on Garrett Bowles. And I go back to 18 and get a second round pick. Whew. Now we're cooking. Now we're cooking with gas. So unless you're Chad from out west and then you're smoking with gas or whatever. That's what my wife said. What does he say? Cooking with grease? Isn't that what it was? Because my wife always messed it up. And she said smoking with gas. Smoke with the gas. It makes sense. No, you know, Scott, we talked about uh, the other day, possibly in, in an ideal scenario, trading down from 12, getting a stud offensive. I think it was a defensive lineman we were talking about, though, a defensive tackle or something like that. And then in the second round, getting Bo Nix. I would be on board with that if their guy isn't on there at 12. It's not my preference to move back, but you have to think about the pick you're getting back and also who could be available. I wish we had the power of hindsight. That's all I'm going to say. Because there's a difference, Scott, if we knew uh, Knicks or Penix could be there in the second round versus only Pratt or maybe Rattler being there. That would dictate my decision. I don't want Pratt. There, you know, there's some talk in the chat about Joe Milton. You know, to trade back and, and get Milton. You, you shouldn't have to trade back and get Milton. You know, you've got... You've got six picks. If you want to take, if you want to take Milton, you've got fourth round at 122, fifth round at 144, fifth round at 146. You got three right in there. If you want to take Milton, you can probably get him with one of those. So that's, you know, it'd be nice to be able to stockpile some of those picks um, for for you know with with trade options for sure. Phil McLaughlin coming in. Good to see you. He says, good evening, Zach and Deacon Scott. Appreciate the stars breaking the ice for us over there on Facebook. Running back is a free agent. And do we take verse, Jared verse, edge rusher, Florida State, if available at 12? Hashtag Buckham. Hashtag Broncos for life. Hashtag MHH for life. I, I think the dream, I don't know if it's the dream. I, I think the number one option for me is still JJ McCarthy. I've said that for a while now. And pretty much since I got back from senior bowl after watching those guys throw in person i'm like not at 12 there isn't any one of these guys i want at 12 um so jj mccarthy had a good enough combine and a good enough showing in a an environment that let him showcase everything that he's capable of doing maybe more than he was able to do at michigan except when um i don't know that he's gonna fall to 12. 
And, you know, uh, about the uh, running back as a free agent, you talked about the positional group. I would not – hell, you're dead set against drafting for there. I'm dead set against plopping any more money in that positional group. Just take a, a free agent, a rookie, like you said, add talent and, and uh, create a competition. Uh, for a free agent for me, it's it's veteran minimum non-guaranteed money. Yeah. That's Liar. basically free. You know, so I'm not I'm not going after a, you know, a, a I'm not going after any kind of money free agency. You know, I'm I'm getting I'm getting a body, you know, a veteran body. And you can get those guys. Latavius Murray was plucked off a practice squad and he's been, you know, doing pretty well. Who is it? Who's the Texas running back that ended up? He was almost ready to drive a truck. And then he had a thousand yard rushing for the Panthers. I'm not. Oh, Deontay who Foreman. Who was it? Deontay Foreman. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He had a like he was with the Falcons for a minute. They cut him. Then he ended up getting picked. He was he was almost like going to he was like goose. I need, might need the number for that truck driving school, Mav. Um, so you can get you can get him. So when I get running backs, free agent, undrafted free agents are still free agents. Yeah, but not you're not putting any resources into the running back room this year. And the thing is. If it doesn't work out this year at running back, you're willing to take that chance with the guys you have. I can draft a running back and plug him in. That's not a developmental position. Oh, he needs a year to pick up the system. No, he doesn't. Turn around and hand him the damn ball. That's that's it's the easiest position in the world. That's why in college, your best recruiters are usually the running back coach because they don't have to do much coaching. I have to recruit my guy. The running backs are born, man. They're not they're not developed. Uh, David Yunkin. So I could see the Broncos go a totally different direction at quarterback. All right. Let's get let's get funky on this. How different, Zach? What do you think, David? Call your shot. How 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 different? What what is a totally different direction? That's what I was going to say. What qualifies as different because the Broncos covered it all. Remember with every quarterback prospect, a presumptive top quarterback prospect at the combine, I'm going Joe Milton to 12. That would be a totally different direction. Or Michael Pratt at 12. I'm not endorsing this at all. I would jump off a cliff. I'm just saying, David, I don't see what other different direction they can go in when they're scouting every tier of the of the top uh, you know, six or seven guys there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you start talking Jacoby Brissett. You know, that becomes a, di a different direction for me would be another veteran guy that you think could be a slight upgrade over uh, over Jared Stidham. That would be the that wouldn't be different. Though. The, that would, that, that would be the you. biggest change in direction for me. For me, it's either hey, make a trade for Justin Fields. That's still a possibility. Um, run with Jared Stidham or draft a guy. You know, and you got to come out of the draft with a quarterback. You got to take a swing, even if it's a mighty hack with your eyes closed with 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 a guy in the fifth round. You might hit. You might hit. So you've got to come out of this uh, with somebody. Um, let me see here. Uh, Lawrence has a question about a guy. I'm not tight end Colorado State. Dallin Holker. Uh, what do we know about him? Let me see. Let me bring this up. What about he came in with some stars? Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you, Lawrence. Um, I don't know a ton about him. Let me see his numbers at the NFL Combine. 6'3, 241. Was he the one that no, he didn't run the there was a tight end that ran a 447. And then I looked him up and he was 230 pounds. I'm like, I ain't tight end. That's a that's a running back. Um, but uh he's uh he had a he had a Okay, tie at 6'3, 241. Uh good, good, 
De- good explosion numbers. Four seven eight in the forties, not great, but a six eight three El Cone and a four two one short shell are pretty good with a ten two broad. Um, I don't know. He, it, I guess he had a pretty good year at Colorado State. He put up some decent numbers, but I don't. I don't know too much about him to be honest. With you. He wasn't at the Senior Bowl, and and I, I didn't watch a whole lot of Colorado State this year. Yeah, I don't know too much about him as well, and I'm not huge on drafting players just because they've played for a home state team. But I do like drafting players where the Broncos need them, and you know, even George Payton, Sean Payton talked about the need for a tight end. So if Hoker Scott can come in and uh, provide some pass catching consistency that's going to be left behind by Adam Troutman. We can't rely on uh, Greg Dulcich. I'd be for him. Uh, probably a late round selection. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. I don't know if this was the year it was being talked about as being a, you know, kind of a bad year at tight end. It, it looks okay to me. Um, there's some, there's some guys in there that can, that can uh, get a job done. Some pretty good athletes. You know, I know they've, it was Devin Culp was the name out of Washington that ripped off a four, four, seven, but he was, He's line, he's small linebacker size, 6'3, 230. Theo Johnson was uh one of my top performers, one of everybody's top performers. What I meant to say was on my list that I wanted to talk about tonight, because saying one of my top performers, yeah, come on, man. This uh it, it, this ain't rocket science. He was 6'6, 260 pounds, and had a, a almost a 40-inch vertical lump jump at 39 and a half, 715 L cone, 419 uh shuttle. 10-5 broad jump and a 4-5-7. That is absolutely phenomenal numbers that he put up. Uh, was a willing blocker at the Senior Bowl. Showed good hands. Um, someone to watch is Theo Johnson. And I, I looked up his uh, his number on his numbers on PFF before we went. And Theo Johnson. And then I didn't uh, then I didn't write it down because I'm an idiot. So let me just do a quick search. Let's do Theo. Theo Johnson comes in at 157 on PFF's big board. So you're talking about fourth, fifth round. Yes, please. If I can get Theo in the fourth, yes, please. I'll take that a bunch. And you've probably seen Nick and I uh, mock that. And especially if you can trade down, because as David's saying with his follow-up, he says, all I'm saying is draft a quarterback, but not move up or trade your lungs for what? Yeah, I don't. It's going to be expensive to move up. Again, if the Falcons get their quarterback before the draft, you might be able to get into eight. Eight eight might not be high enough to get J.J. McCarthy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We'll see. He's come out hot. He's he's a fast rising prospect, and he's only come out hotter, Zach, out of the combine. So it might you might have to get up there and, and make a switch with the Giants. 
eight might cost you your 2025 first rounder to get up to eight. Worth it? Maybe, in hindsight. <laughs> if you hit, it's absolutely worth it. You know, we're talking about uh, tight end, though. And if you're debating, Scott, in the third or fourth or fifth round, you have tight end on your board or running back on your board, I don't think it's even a question. You take the tight end there, and I'd be perfectly fine with uh, the guy that you highlighted. David, I was thinking about what you said about quarterback, and it's funny because nothing the Broncos could do this offseason, it, it be a trade or drafting or signing, would surprise me because they've went in every direction. But it's it's whoever Sean Payton Scott identifies as the guy that he can best work with. And there's a few in this draft class that could fit perfectly. I think run it back says if we trade up, I'm never watching football ever again. Sure. You're not sure. We'll see not. you in September. I once said, well, I, it wasn't once, but the last time I said, I'm never drinking again. It's been a while since then. <laughs> I'll never drink it again. Um, I'm never watching football again. I don't, I know better than to say something like that. Um, let me see. We had uh William, William James Baker coming in from London. So we'll get to him so we can go to bed here. He says, uh, Broncos calling London Broncos calling at almost two in the morning. Now guys, tell me, would you sign Wilson as a mentor to a new quarterback after letting him go and trade back 12 to 18 and take a second or third round pick or get fields and then edge and you're gonna have to confise con con these down this is like six things in one here um and you're probably half asleep anyway get fields and then same again get edge in a dt i don't know how you get fields this year you don't have a lot to trade with that's the the trouble they're they're gonna want probably a second round pick for him uh, unless you trade down but wilson's time at denver is done so if you are another team william if you were coming in and you're telling me you are a fan of one of these quarterback needy teams like the Minnesota Vikings, Luke's Kirk Cousins, and they sign Russell Wilson, and then they also draft Michael Penix in the second round. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I wouldn't have any trouble with that. And then you could use your number one at number 11 to get Jared Verse as a Daniil Hunter replacement. Those are all very good options. And the biggest problem the Denver Broncos have right now is a lot of these quarterback needy teams are one ahead of them and two have more money. Yeah. Um, I, the last I heard about fields was that they want a second round pick for him. And unfortunately the Broncos don't have a second round pick fields is also at some point, Scott going to want a, a market commensurate contract. And I'm not a big fields guy. I wouldn't cut that check. So I don't see fields. I think fields ends up in Atlanta, honestly, but uh, the thing about Wilson as a mentor, you're right. And it's, I think it's obvious. It's been obvious. His time in Denver is done. You don't want to pollute the waters with uh, someone like that. Someone from the, from the past. Now you got to move forward with the future. It's, it's bad blood. It's oil and water with him and Sean Payton. And you just cut it loose, cut the cord, rip the bandaid off, whatever, and just move on clean break. Yeah. It's, it's, it's coming. Um, it's coming quickly. Had a, question from kurt i wanted to get to over actually and i wish i could filter these i apologize um by where they come in because it's kind of hard to find and i know we had a couple twitch folks come in and i i saw you salamander come through and now i can't find it again because the chat's busy so good for y'all but uh, i want to shout out to salamander over on twitch and then kurt said if dallas gives dak a big extension maybe take a flyer on trey lance via trade if Washington takes a quarterback, maybe seek a trade for Sam Howell. Um, no, going into the fourth year on Lance, yeah, you could probably get in pretty, pretty get him for pretty much nothing. Um, 
I think San Francisco is still eating the dead cap money on him. Dallas wouldn't have to pay him much of anything. They wouldn't lose any money there. But um, yeah, I, I don't have any problem bringing bringing Trey Lance in um, again for a workout. We, we've had this discussion a bunch of times now, Zach. It's like, what would I look at? Yes, I would. The answer to that question is always yes. What am I willing to give up for Trey Lance? I'd be willing to give up a day three pick for sure for Trey Lance. I'd give him a shot. He 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 didn't ever really have one. You know, we don't we don't know exactly what he's capable of or not capable of. He's basically still a prospect. You know, he he was the starter at San Francisco for two. I think he got hurt in a second game out, and then he got Wally pipped by Brock Purdy. I'd I'd give him a shot. I'd I'd make a small trade for him and pay him nothing. And he and he's out of contract after this year. I'd give that a shot. See, that's the thing, and that's where I think you and I disagree because we don't know. I'm not sending a draft pick for a guy where we don't know if he can throw the ball or not. If we don't know if he's going to be an NFL quarterback or not. If they're going to go that route, Scott, with a retread, which I don't want, at least sign a Sam Darnold who showed at least a progress as a as a quarterback or at least go with a, take a flyer on a late round quarterback like a Milton or like a whoever who probably has more of an NFL future NFL upside than a Trey Lance. I'm just not on the project bandwagon at all. Um for me it's it's similar to saying okay I could get Trey Lance in the 5th or Joe Milton in the 5th. To me I'm not I don't I don't think of Trey Lance as a retread. I, I think of him as a prospect. I take Milton. Um, I I don't so for me it's I Struck out on all my other options. Here's a shot at someone else. This is something I do over the summer. You know, I don't make a decision. I don't make a decision in free agency in the draft based on Trey Lance. It's a flyer. Here, here's a 2025 fourth rounder, Dallas. It's July, fifth rounder. Yeah, come in. Send me a six back. <laughs> It, it's it'd be whatever it would be. It would be low risk. I'd be I'd still be interested in seeing him for no cost, you know, for a very very low cost. I'd be really interested. Again, it's not going to steer my quarterback strategy in free agency in the draft. Um, that's got to come after. Um, Phil, you've got a bunch of names on here: uh, Fontenot, Bortolini, and Greenfield. If they're all available to us, who do we take now? I have to look all of these guys up. I know Bortolini the best because I watched him at Senior Bowl for a bunch. And he had an absolutely phenomenal combine. Historical NFL combine. This was from Chad Reuter over at NFL.com. Bortolini joined Jason Kelsey as the only offensive line at the combine since 2003 to have a sub-4-3 shuttle and a sub 7-3 L cone per NFL research. His numbers were 716 and 428. I looked up 716, and that would have put him at like 12 in the cornerbacks. And 428, 428, I think, put him like fifth at running back in the shuttle. This is a center prospect. All right. Y you got my attention for sure. Um, so I can make a real good case for Bortolini for sure, much more so than the other two right here off the top of my head. 
if we're talking about uh, that position and that positional group, I want to throw in a guy that I'm sure you've heard a lot about lately, Scott, because I agree with Nick Tyler Guyton, uh, whether it's 12 or whether the Broncos move down a few picks. I don't know that he's going to last if they move down, but uh, that's another uh, player that I would take a heavy look at. And uh, Phil also asked if Bowles and Kush are gone, does that change your pick? In the first round, I've been dead set, Phil, on quarterback. And if you can't get a quarterback, then maybe look at the trenches, either defensive or offensive. And yeah, it would change my pick. Cushenberry is probably going to be gone. He's probably going to sign a contract that Broncos can't match. Bowles is the wild card. Have they come to him and asked him to restructure his contract? And if he doesn't, they move on? Maybe. Probably that would happen sometime soon. If they do before the draft happens, then yeah, I would. Uh, that would influence my pick. If I'm not dead set on McCarthy or Knicks or whoever, I'd go, I'd strongly consider going OT or offensive line. Yeah. Um, and a guy that I think you got to look after is Amarius Mims. Um, mm-hmm. You want to talk about an upside monster. Um, Amarius Mims at the NFL Combine. Let me bring this guy up real quick. I mean, 507, and he was hurting a little bit. So he didn't do many of the agility drills after that. But he came in at 6'8, 340 with 36 and change inch arms. I mean, he's physically speaking, he's maybe the most physically imposing offensive lineman I can think of since Jonathan Ogden, who, if I'm not mistaken, is headed to the to the uh, to the the uh, Hall of Fame if he's not already in it already. I think him and um, who was the guy Jacksonville that was drafted, Baselli. Um, mm-hmm. I think they came out pretty much right around the same time. And they were big time. I mean, this that's where this guy's upside is, is guys like that, just absolute mountains of men that move like basketball players. So that's got to be an option at 12. But um, yeah, I think Bowles and, and I think Bowles and Kush are probably both gone. And that changes what it changes a lot of things at 12. That's for sure. I mean, the risk is again, don't reach. If you get your quarterback, great. That's more important. But if you don't like him and you lose your left tackle too, and I take I reach for a quarterback and miss, and there's a much, much higher chance of hitting on your left tackle in this draft. And then I don't get that either. Now I don't have either position because this mm-hmm. is a great draft for tackles. Right. Pretty good draft for wide receivers, too. How about Lad Mc, uh, Luke McCaffrey? I've got my guys uh mixed up here but the, the mix the l mix and the former nfl guys I've, i'm gonna screw this up a zillion times how about the uh the weekend that luke mccaffrey had son of broncos legend ed mccaffrey i'm taking a, a serious look i don't know scott if he's going to even last until the middle rounds anymore not a first or second round guy more than likely but what was he coming in like a sixth round pick projected fifth round pick? And now he's probably yeah, he was round. into the senior bowl. He was uh, PFF hasn't really updated it too much there. He's 175 on their list. He was good at the senior bowl. Yeah. Um, we've got a lot of returning people and you know, I, I just try and tell everybody watch when I'm trying to find my athletes, find the Elko and find the shuttles. I, I like the inside guys and the shuttles because they're moving side to side so much. I like the Elko as you get farther out because that's your change of direction at speed. That's your route running. That's you. Can you bend around the corner when you're, uh, when you're rushing the passer and the Elko, um, Elko at, let's see, for all players in 2024, Luke McCaffrey was third best overall at 6.7 mm. um 
speaking of crazy freaking numbers, arguably the best receiver at the NFL Combine that, or at the Senior Bowl was Ricky Pearsall out of Florida. He came in at 6'1", 190, 441 in the 40, 42-inch vertical leap, a 10-9 broad jump, a 6'6", 4L cone, and a 405 short shuttle. I bet if I looked up Champ Bailey's numbers, they're not far off of that, except Champ was faster in the 40 by a tenth. I bet everything else is pretty similar. Um, That's just phenomenal what Ricky Pearsall just did. And Ricky Pearsall was talking second rounder. Let me see where he was on, on their big, big list. Ricky Pearsall was 56. That's back end of the second. He's made himself some money this offseason, without a doubt. Sneaky need for Denver as well. Phil talked about guys who could be gone in Cushionberry and Bowles. Well, one of, if not both, of Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy could be gone. You can't count on Marvin Mims just yet. Uh, Jordan Humphrey's a free agent. You might have to devote a fairly high round draft pick to that positional group, or at very minimum, Scott, come out of the draft with at least one uh, receiving prospect. And I would love to have McCaffrey. Or Pearsall, for that matter. Yeah. Or let me see. I didn't look to see how um, how Roman Wilson did. That was another guy that had a big had a big um, senior bowl. Now I can't find him. Roman Wilson, four three nine. Um, there's so much talent at wide receiver in this class. Yeah. Uh, five eleven, one eighty five, four three nine, uh, and the forty, and that's all he ran. And um, yeah, he looks he looks good doing it. He was fantastic. Him and Pearsall both had mic drop moments at the uh, the Senior Bowl. After the second day, they're like, "We're out of here. We 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 put all everything on film that we need to put on film. We're uh, we're heading out." Um, let me see here, Kathy Schmidt. Good to see you. Another another night out up with us late over over in Europe over there. She says, "I can beat that William." Three a.m. over here. Yeah, she's she's a little farther east. Pick a quarterback. She says, pick a quarterback. David Yonkin says, something in my old bones is telling me that Denver is going to do something that makes you scratch your head. Scratch your head would be better than pulling your hair out. Um, <laughs> again, one of the things I don't want to see, I don't want to see that 2025 first round pick go away. Yeah, That's a big one for me. Just if, if things go off the rails with this team, you don't want to watch another top five pick going the other direction. You've already seen that happen in the last couple of years. Thanks, Seattle. Uh, you don't want to see that happen in 2025, too. Holding on to that 2025 is very, very important for for my impression for Broncos fans. Yeah, it's almost non-negotiable, almost. But, David, like I was saying earlier, nothing they could do after the last eight years would really make me scratch my head. They tried drafting a first-round quarterback. They tried drafting a second-round quarterback. They tried uh, signing low-end, hold the four starters. They tried making big bombshell deals for you know future Hall of Famers. Nothing has worked. So I, I have my preferences for sure, and I don't want to scratch my head. But if I ended up doing that, it wouldn't be surprising in the least, given the history of this franchise. Uh, Lawrence over on um, Facebook. Let me see if I if I start that one. If I can still pull it up. Yeah, I do. I do have it here. So so the only line guy that stood out to me was because of his backstory was Zach Frazier. Uh, check him out, guys. 
I'll be honest with you, Lawrence, I really don't give a damn about backstories. I don't watch the NBC tear-jerking stuff on the Olympics. I I just I don't care. My reality TV is the games themselves uh, and what this guy looks like as a prospect. And let's see. He came in 6'3", 313. But I don't see any numbers next to. I don't know what else he uh, what else he did. Thirty two and a quarter inch arms. So I don't I don't know what else he worked on <clears throat> if he did any of the other things. Um, you know, I like hearing guys that overcome a lot. But God, you know, my my friend uh, Andrew Hawkins. He's just Hawk on Twitter. He did he does some hilarious videos, and he's he's made it big now. He's done NFL Network stuff and then done some ESPN stuff. One of his videos was NFL draft getting drafted, and he was making fun of all of the backstories that these guys were digging on, and just oh, single family grew, grew up in prison with his mom, and he's like, "I'm in Beverly Hills," you know, as he's listening to it after he drafted. It's freaking hilarious. So we'll have to we'll have to look at it. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't know too much about Zach Frazier as a player. Um, Gary Palmer says, "Hey, Zach and Scott." So if our quarterback is there at 12, do we take him even if he might be falling further? Yes, the answer is yes. If the guy you like is there at 12, you take him, Gary, without a doubt. That's the easiest question we've had today, Zach. <laughs> I was going to say next question. I need Absolutely. a softball. Thank you, Gary. 100% you take him and you move on and you feel good about yourself. So, yeah, without a doubt. Um, I do. I do think, just going back to this one, though, I do think it's a little interesting, though, about the idea of this prospect might be falling. Do you think we can get him? It's the it's the everybody else thinks he sucks. We don't. We you know, and it's like you kind of build this false hope because you think a guy that is projected to go number two overall in Drake May could fall to you and you could get the guy that was projected to go to number two overall. But why is he falling then? Because it's just a bunch of nonsense? Well, yeah, it usually ends up being nonsense. Uh, and he's still going to go two or three, four overall at worst. So, it, But it is kind of funny. It's like, hey, this guy's falling. Maybe we can get him. Um, I, I, it's just kind of a, he sucks. We can get him type of thing. It's it's counter. What's a, It's an oxymoron a little bit to me, which I think is kind of funny on that. I would rather regret not getting him. Or, I mean, regret him failing, they regret what could have been with him. Because, again, I'm going to point out to you who's right behind Denver at 13, the Raiders. So if, you, if you're if you unsure or whatever and you pass on a guy because you think he might fall and the Raiders scoop him up and then he goes on to be the next franchise quarterback there, that is going to set the franchise back even more. So, yes, if even if you think he's falling and if you like him, you take him and you don't think twice about it. Riptide says, call Dan Campbell and see if we can snag Hendon Hooker. Maybe, maybe. Um, Why? Hendon Hooker's a year removed from his, uh, you know, from his injury. Are you looking at Jordan Travis here? Are you looking at Michael Penix? I, I think the multiple injuries on Michael Penix, including the shoulder, is what scares me about Michael Penix more than an ACL on on uh, Hendon Hooker, University of Tennessee quarterback who got hurt last year and was still drafted second round. Did he go in the second? I believe. I don't remember if he went, let me look that up real quick. If he went that high or not, um, I thought a third round 68th overall. Oh. So 
you could probably get him for a third or fourth rounder. You've got a bunch in that area if you tried. You got 122, 144, 146. And then you go all the way down to 237 and your pick from the Rams. Uh, it's interesting. You've only got three of your own picks, and then you've got um you've got three more. Uh so three from from other other places, which is 122 from Miami. Uh, 144 from the jet, 144 from the Jets, and then 237 from the Rams. I'm just I'm confused of like the motive behind doing that. Like, if he's going to be a backup, you're not going to want to have an unproven backup, and you're going to draft a rookie. And if he's not going to be a backup, and you're, what is he going to bring to the table again? That Jared Stidham wouldn't, or you said in that round, Scott, you know, a Jordan Travis or a Joe Milton. Why not just take them instead of taking a chance on more of an unknown with a player who spent all of last season on, I think it was NFI or IR. Because you like you like Hooker better, and when he was in college, and now he's available. Um, well, like him better to really, do what though? What is he going to do for the team? In what role? He'd be he would be that you you would try to bring in as your starting quarterback because you like him better than Bo Nix. Good luck with that. You like him better than than uh, than Michael Penix. You like him better than Spencer Spencer Rattler. Um, you know you missed on the first four guys because they're not available to you, and you need to take a shot on a guy. So you send a, a early day three pick for Hennon Hooker could do worse that would make me scratch my head david to answer your question that would be way outside the box and not something i saw coming and if they decided that a quarterback that went in the third round is better than a quarterback with a first round grade like a bo nix or like a mccarthy or Penix, uh, i don't know if i can get on board i think i, I think hennon hooker was getting first round sniffs last year before he got hurt so a lot of it that's what a lot of it had to do with it and then I actually thought he still went in the second, even though everybody knew he was going to need a year. He's not, again, he's a prospect. Just think of him, if he sat out this year, this was a COVID year, and he sat out, this is Hendon Hookers, now available for the draft, and you could get him in the fourth in a supplemental draft. You might not even remember the supplemental draft. Um, it's not a horrible idea. I would much rather have him than Michael Pratt. It's not even close. Um for me, that's a swing. If I had a fifth round and I had the chance to get Hennon Hooker or Michael Pratt, that's an easy one. That's a that's a Gary Leeds Palmer. Do you take your guy question? That's a softball question for me. I'd much rather have Hennon Hooker. I would rather have Hooker over a Pratt, but I would not rather have Hooker over a Penix or a, a McCarthy. I think we can yeah. agree. Well, like I said, I think McCarthy. I think there's an argument with Penix, just because Penix, Penix injury history is rough. And then it, it, to me, it's like basically all else failed. Now to what do we do? You know, yeah. so me, these become, we're trading 2025 options really. Cause we came, we went through the draft and um, we didn't quite get what we wanted to. We still want to get somebody now that free agency and the, the first tier of free agency is over. The draft is over. We're now into May. Now, what do we need to do to get our quarterback um, and try and add to the room? We're still running with Jared Stidham probably. Um, William. Uh, James Baker comes back. His, uh, Jewel, J uh, Josie Jewel's likely a free agent. Yep, he is. With the amount of players we need, especially on defense, if we don't get Jewel back, do you think we have enough to not sign him back or, or to replace? Well, if they move Drew Sanders to edge because he's not cutting it in inside linebacker, um, now you're down two guys. So it's Jonas Griffith and Alex Singleton your answer. You're still going to need one more in the middle. So, yeah. yeah. If Drew Sanders is moved, 
that means more to me than Josie Jewell not coming back because now you you can run into you can roll into the season with Jonas Griffith, Drew Sanders, and, and Alex Singleton. You're you've got your replacement for Josie Jewell internally, but if you move Drew Sanders out of there, you're going to have to do something at inside linebacker, Zach. Yeah, and the beauty of it, Scott, like you talk about a lot, is you can find a capable, you know, perhaps starting inside linebacker in the middle rounds. You don't really have to use a uh, first or third round pick or second if the Broncos have that on that guy. I don't want Josie Jewell back, Scott. I don't think he's coming back. It's high time they add a little more uh, explosiveness and athleticism to that position because you can't have for another season Jewell and Singleton the same player starting in the middle, in my opinion. Yeah, and – um I don't know that it's a great draft for um, for linebackers. If I do a, a quick search on not that one, dumb, dumb. This is why I like, I always think of hitch. I don't have a me in the background behind the door going, you know, <laughs> this is what I say. Peyton Wilson's ranked first on PFS big board at 28. He had a fantastic combine. And then it goes all the way down to 49 at Edger and Cooper. Um, He's next, and then 65. So the third-ranked inside linebacker in this draft by PFF is ranked 65th overall. Then it goes to 81. That's four. And then five at 98. So there's only five inside linebackers ranked in the top 100 on PFF. So you want to get a guy, take a swing on a guy, and again, they're – they're not hard to. You got Alex Singleton who led the NFL in tackles. He was a cut that you signed for nothing. True. Uh, from from Philadelphia, it's it's possible. And then you got Jonas Griffith for a pick swap. For goodness sakes, the one that looks expensive right now is Drew Sanders. You traded up for him, and now you're moving him out of that position because he looked like he was circling in a whirlpool. His head was spinning so fast when he was out there in the middle of the field. So let's put him somewhere where it's easy. Set this edge. Go get that quarterback. Done. You're finished. That's all you need to know. Too bad the Broncos don't have some money, though, Scott, because I would love Patrick Queen in free agency if the Broncos could sign him, the Baltimore inside linebacker. That would just solve so many of their problems and allow them to kind of uh, focus elsewhere in the draft. But We're at about 50 minutes. We started a little late, so we're just about to get out of here. There was one more guy I wanted to uh, – and I'm, I'm just going to show you him real quick. I've probably played this video before. Uh, for some reason, I, I need to mute this before it goes up because Facebook's been getting really weird about, hey, there's there's music in the background at a stadium while they're doing drills with a whistle, and we're going to have to flag that for copyright, not play you in Zimbabwe. Um, Roger Rosengarten. University of Washington, the, U the University of Washington Huskies had a freaking weekend. I'll tell you that between Roma Dunze, Rosengarten, Penix looked good too. This him at right tackle in 1v1s. It's funny. He, there's a, I, I love just the initial punch. You want to talk about just, you know, hamstring. This is a punch right here. Pop. You know, kicks him out around the end and how quickly he's able to just slide laterally. Mm-hmm. He's super light on his feet. When I first watched him, I was like, okay, he looks like he's about 290. Um, I think he moves similarly to Abe Lucas. Again, there's that pop. He jumped out and got him that time. So we say, that, you know, the bench press isn't all that important sometimes as a measure of physical strength, but he's popping those guys. Like, he, you know, he's moved some weight around. 
So Rosengarten comes in at 187 on PFF's big list, which is, you know, not great. But um, let me see the offensive line because he tested really, really well. Uh, Rosengarten, where are you? I think he had the fastest 40 time of all of them. Where? Why is this so hard? I, I've got, I haven't built my spreadsheet yet. Um, so I can find this stuff easy, which I will do, I promise. When we start doing this, but he came in uh, 6'5", 308, 33 and a half inch arms, 492. Uh, sub five, which is fantastic. And again, the the 40 is actually one of the things that translates best to linemen of, okay, these are the best times of linemen, or these are the best 40 times. Who ends up being the best players? Believe it or not, it's offensive linemen, because if they can run a 40 at any kind of speed, it means they're in shape and they're athletes. You know, there's four fours all over the place. But he had a 492, which I think led all linemen, 30-inch vertical leap and a 9.5 uh, broad jump. So he had a fantastic day. If I'm looking for offensive line and he's sitting around there at 76, I'm interested. I'm real interested. Let's say I take my swing and maybe I reach, but I take my swing at quarterback and Bowles is gone. All right, who's going to protect him? This guy played right tackle, but it was for a lefty quarterback. So he can play both sides. Roger Rosengarten, University of Washington, at pick 76 is someone I've got my eye on, Zach. Yeah, and you know how you say, if you're asked, would you look at this player, and your answer is automatically yes. I have the same answer when it comes to offensive linemen for the Broncos. I'm going to look at any and every offensive line prospect because not only do they need two starters, maybe at least one starter, they're going to need backups. And they've gone way too long without having the cupboard full, without having capable guys in the pipeline that they can develop and and and, and build. And that's why even if they go offensive line at 12, Scott, I'm, if they went at 76 OL, and double dipped, right. I'd be fine with that. I'm cool yep. with that. Build the trenches. Wouldn't be you want to talk about getting right with the salary cap in a hurry? 18, 16 million from bowls this year and getting out from McGlinchey's contract after a year or two. Let me mm. see here. Let's bring up the old spot rack for Denver's cap. Mike McGlinchey. So we already know best case. I think the, the best case for the Denver Broncos. You take a bigger cap hit on Russell Wilson this year, and you get $23 million in savings in 2025. Mike McGlinchey, this year, you can't do that. Next year, his cap hit is $21 million, and his dead cap is 10 How You're hoping McGlinchey plays like the money you paid for him. That's what you always hope. That's why you paid the guy. But if he doesn't, I can save $11 million on a straight cut. I can save $35 million on Russell Wilson and Mike McGlinchey in 2025. Bowles is gone. He's off the payroll. I can get right in there. So you said, hey, they went offensive tackle in, uh, you know, at 12. And they went again in 76. So you get a Marius Mims and Roger Rosengarten to book in your tackles on, on rookie contracts. You know, that's going to free up a lot of money to have some fun in free agency. Uh, Mike Edel. Good. Appreciate you coming in with a super chat. It's good to see you tonight. He says, good evening, Zach and Scott. Sorry I got in late. I was watching another podcast today. <gasps> watch other podcasts? Oh, that's great. He says, they were talking Mac Jones for a seventh. If you already went over this, sorry, go MHH. Um, 
we we have on different shows. We haven't really talked about it tonight. It comes into the same thing here that we we've talked about it similarly with with Trey Lance. Who else did we talk about? You know, taking a flyer on um, Hendon Hooker. Yeah. You know, is would you take a look at Mac Jones? Yes. Would I spend anything on him? No. I would sit around Mike and wait for them to cut him. And then uh, then I'd say, hey, come to the practice squad. We we need a you can guarantee you can get him for a year if you make a trade, because then he doesn't have any choice in the matter. Um if I send him a seven, I'd I'd send him a sixth and they're sending me a seventh back. You can have a 2025 six and you're sending me a 2025 seventh. That's something you're doing. That's the that's the Albert Okawebenom trade. So maybe I'd, I'd think about it. I don't want any guaranteed money. So if I boot him, I boot him. It's I'd, I'd think about doing something like that. You would have to give me a seventh round pick to take Mac Jones <laughs> off your hands, Scott. I just I think he's a head case. There's a reason why New England wants to move on. He doesn't seem very well liked, and I don't know that he can play all that well. He kind of caught lightning in a bottle as a rookie, and the NFL adjusted, and he just doesn't have the physical gifts. And on top of that, he could be a locker room lawyer or some sort of cancer. They don't need that. They need just you know pure blooded football guys. And I don't know if Mac Jones is that guy. Yeah, Spencer Rattler went through that, but he went through that in college and he was humbled and went to South Carolina and reinvented himself. It's hard to do that in the NFL. Yeah. Um, especially when you got $25 million in the bank, like he did. Um, he got a fully guaranteed contract. 69 skater Mike says draft O-line and trade Der Jerry Judy. Sorry I'm late. MHH for life. Hey, glad you're here. Especially glad you're coming in green. Love, love seeing it. So again, I think. If you move on from Bowles, I mean, yes, you need a quarterback. The one that you want might not be available. And it might be too expensive to try and get one. If you move on from Bowles, this is one of the best drafts for offensive tackles and wide receivers in a long time. Okay, well, let's shore up arguably the second most position in pro football. For a long time, the second highest paid player in the NFL was the left tackle. For a long time. That may have changed a little bit now the way that edges and wide receivers get paid, but it was left tackle for a long, long time. Shore up that position. And you haven't drafted a tackle since Garrett Bowles. That's insanity. If you shore up that position for the next decade, it's a, it's a pick well spent. I shake my damn head, Scott. Every time we bring that fact up, it's just, it's sickening <laughs> seven years. They haven't taken a freaking tackle. It's like, it's, it's bizarre world. I think you're going to get your wish though. Skater, Mike, Jerry, Judy, I would trade him for a mid-round pick, clear that salary off the books, get rid of another head case, and, and move on. And, yeah, they're going to draft offensive. They have to. They don't have another choice, and they're probably going to – I look for at least two picks uh, in this draft hall to be offensive linemen, Scott, hopefully. Uh, looks like NVS – NVS is here. Um, going to close us out tonight, it looks like. He says, my wish list – Trade back, get a second draft, second second round pick, draft Wiggins, Fisk, Penix, Thomas Jr., BYU tackle. I don't like the BYU tackle. Extend Simmons. That could cut his uh, that could cut his salary cap number from what is he eighteen now to like four. You could pull that off with a three to four year contract. Uh, free agency, get Xavier McKinney, cut DJ Jones, Tim Patrick, trade Bowles, and JJ, what are your thoughts? Wiggins, I know Phoenix, Thomas Jr. Where are we thinking? Who's Thomas Jr. on that list? Brian Thomas Jr., the wide receiver? Mm. 
he's going pretty early. You have to trade back a lot. But if you trade back, if you trade back to 20 and get two second round picks for it, maybe you could pick up Fisk and uh and another one. Um, not a huge fan of the BYU tackle. Um he got posterized a little bit during senior bowl. Um, but I think you're on it with uh cut DJ and Tim. Yeah. That's if that's if they're not outright cut, then it's gonna be a strong armed pay cut. They're not paying on their current, they're not. I'll, I have a hard time seeing them back on their current deals. Tim Patrick, absolutely not. No way. DJ, probably not. Um, then Bulls and JJ, uh, uh, Jerry Judy are probably going to be moved. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't exactly agree on every single suggestion here. I mean, we could split hairs on who the Broncos should take with those picks, but I do agree with the premise that if they're not satisfied at 12 to move down, stockpile more uh, draft picks, and then, uh, you know, shore up positions elsewhere. And you're right on the money with DJ Jones, Tim Patrick, and uh, trading Garrett Bowles. I think that is uh, more than likely going to happen. Phil McLaughlin, uh, last question, last super chat here coming in on Facebook. He says, after quarterback, what are your next top four positions? Well, the thing is, is if I take positional value out of the equation, center, inside linebacker, safety two, tight end. It might be that. Those are maybe your weakest positions. Edge isn't great, but you've got some bodies there that are okay. Defensive line is pretty rough. Um, a third defensive line. I mean, DJ, if, let's say you bring DJ Jones back. He was good in 2022. 2023, you regressed massively. Zach Allen is good. I need a defensive line, another 300-pound defensive lineman, probably as bad as any position on the field. Um, I, I, I might be able to get Wattenberg and, uh, and Forsyth already in there, but I don't have another, I don't have another 300 pound defensive lineman I can count on. Not a one. Uh, but safety is a sneaky need for this team too. Yeah, I think we agree on that. I was going to go edge, uh, maybe in no particular order, but I'm going to go edge offensive line and defensive line. You have to build the trenches and right after quarterback, Scott, that edge rusher, who, what, what was the term that you used? Two fire breathers on the outside. They, they arguably don't have one right now, so they have to add yeah. to that group. Yeah, they, they're okay. Like, at least you've got guys that are competent NFL football players at edge right now. You got three of them. Um, you can't say the same thing about center right now with Cushion, with Wattenberg and uh, and Forsythe, but you're willing, probably willing to take a chance. At least you know what somewhat what you've got there. Um, but as far as like positional value, where would I most likely want to go at number 12? I'm not using a 12 on one of those, I'm not using it safety inside linebacker. Or um, I might take 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 Brock Bowers though, um, or where else I go center? Um, more than likely, I do like Jackson Powers Johnson though. For premium positions, number one edge, number two corner, um, and then when Bull's gone, offensive tackle, those three, and then I could I could easily make a case for wide receiver too. There's those four. So your premium positions, Phil. I think that's going to do it though, Scott. Are we clear. Yeah, let's uh let's 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 get on out of here. Another tremendous I'm going over an hour, but here we are. Another great installment, regardless of the MHH podcast. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod. Uh, you can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Kelberman NFL. Um, if you haven't, please cop some merch if you haven't at MHHmerch.com. You can drop us a like at facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod. 
a uh, follow on Instagram at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And if you're using Apple podcasts, make sure you're leaving your football priest, a five-star review and our Deacon Scott, as always for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if anything, y'all please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Want to say a special shout out to our super chat superstars, David, appreciate you rip tie rod TV, Phil came in a couple times. William James Baker across the pond. Kathy Schmidt across the pond. Gary Leeds Palmer throwing us up a nice easy one. Lawrence, Mike, uh, 69 Skater Mike, and NVS close us out. Thank you so much. Helps us be able to do what we do because of folks like you. That's right. It's uh, BFB tomorrow morning, Scott. Yes. Tune in, guys. BFB with Nick and Scott tomorrow morning. I think I'm pretty sure it's Chad and I uh, returning for the uh, MHH podcast tomorrow night. Have a great rest of your weekend. Start your week. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.